Hey guys, welcome to season five, episode four of the Strong Dad Army podcast. Thanks for the uh, feedback from last week's episode with Sam Gradwell. That went down really well. Got some really good feedback from that. You know, Sam's funny as hell and a cool guy and his and his embarrassing story was a cracker, as I'm sure you'll agree. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you go back and listen to that. Make sure you're subscribing. If you haven't already, whatever platform you're listening on, leave us a review. If you're able to do that, leave us five stars, however many stars you can leave us, leave us a nice review as well. It helps bump us up, you know, the charts and just get more people listening and all that good shit. And in the meantime, guys, if you want to download my free Fat Loss Roadmap ebook, head to the show notes of this episode and there will be a link there for you to download it completely free. It's a nice little ebook I put together. will help you start to shed body fat, learn how to, you know, uh, calculate your own calories, how to track your own calories, and what uh, it's even got some uh, template workouts in there for you, and it is totally free, no strings attached whatsoever. Head to the show notes, check that out, and uh, grab yourself a free copy. So this week's episode is with none other than Talksport Radio's Alex McCarthy. Alex um, predominantly reports on WWE. He also reports on UFC and boxing as well. He's interviewed some of the, literally the biggest sports stars in the world. And uh, it was great to have a chat with him about his career, but also about balancing it with, you know, with fatherhood. And, uh, and of course, a nice little uh, obligatory, embarrassing story to, uh, at the end of the episode. So uh, enjoy, guys. And if you ha- like I said, if you haven't already, subscribe, leave us that review and download your free Fat Loss Roadmap by heading to the show notes of this episode. Enjoy, guys. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. And this week, my guest is Talksport Radio presenter, journalist, I'm not sure what the title is, Alex McCarthy. Alex, how are you, man? Great to see you again, my man. Thank you so much for having me on the show, reciprocating and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So it's only been a few days since me and Alex spoke. Um, uh, I was a guest on his uh, talk wrestling show on uh, Talksport 2. If you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. Um, is it available online after after the live show? By the way, yeah, cool. we, we have a, the, the podcast drops, which is like a um, an hour version of the two hour radio show. Uh, so it should be up today. Actually, um, you get that on your usual podcast providers, or you can go back and listen to the full show on catch up on the Talksport app. Dan was in good company. We had Kofi Kingston, the Mysterios were on there, Scorpio Sky from AEW. Uh, Katie Ray, Rampage Brown, just stacked is what it was. Absolutely, man. It was an honour to be in, uh, in with such good company. <laughs> uh, right where you belong, my man. Oh, sorry, right, where again, mate. right where you belong, my man. Yes. Right where you belong. <laughs> so, mate, as I always like to do um, on this uh, on this show is uh, get a bit of uh, background about, about my guest, mate, really. So, uh, you know, if you can tell us maybe like what life was like for the young Alex McCarthy growing up in your part of the world? Anything you think is interesting or just general, you know, childhood and all that stuff, mate, fire away. Yeah, um, so my kind of journey to where I am today is is so heavily influenced by my grandparents. Um, like my dad left when I was young, I think I was five uh, when my parents separated. And then my mum went to university, which is cool. Like, you know, she obviously wanted to make something of her life and she did. 
she went on to become like a principal at colleges and stuff so you know good job um but in doing that she obviously had to study a lot single parent so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents that's how I came to become the Newcastle fan you see before you today because they they're like from up north right yeah um so my granddad was like a massive influence on me huge um you know, he's, he's probably the most articulate, intelligent man I'd ever really met. You know, you know, when you have conversations with people and every time you're just like, damn, like, just because no matter what you thought, he would always change your spin on it. And I'd be like, wow, didn't, you know, didn't think about it like that. Yeah. And I kind of developed a fascination for vocabulary um, just based on like some of the words he would chuck out. I'd be like, all right. Um, so that, that kind of sparked an interest in writing for sure. Um, but he was also like my football guide. Um, so I played football to like a, a high standard. Uh, I played uh, Southern Prem, which is like two divisions below the conference. Okay. For anyone who doesn't really know football, it's like two divisions off full-time football. I was getting paid good money to do it, you know, traveling up and down the country and stuff. So um, as a kid, football was the thing, right? That was my passion. Um, I was at Watford for a little bit, got let go. Um, that's round about where I live, Hemel Hempstead. It's very close to Watford. Okay. Um, I got let go when I was about 14, ended up signing a contract for Hemel Town, who are in the Conference South now, but they weren't back then. They were, they were a couple of divisions lower. When I was 17, I was making money from football. So um, I, th- I always kind of thought or hoped I would make a living in football, right? Like I had different, I came close, I would say, in terms of playing full time. I'm not saying I would have been in the Prem or anything like that, right? But uh, I certainly came close to making a living out of it. But it didn't work out. Um, and then I thought to myself, well, what's the next best thing I could do? Like writing, I guess. Like be involved in sport if you can't play the sport was was my logic. So um, my granddad was a massive proponent in writing and, and the football side. But interestingly enough, it's it's my gran <laughs> who was like the wrestling side. She she used to stay up with me on Friday nights. You know how it was, right? Back in the day on Sky Sports. You know, we'd get Monday Night Raw on a Friday. I didn't even know any better. Um, you know, and then Smackdown Saturday mornings. And I kind of fell in love with it. And we both, like, adored The Rock. We loved him, both of us. Um, and she would, like, record the pay-per-views for me. I'd come home from school on the Monday. I'd watch it. Yeah, it was just great. Like, everyone else, my mum and my granddad would be like, don't let him watch it. <laughs> but, you know, she, she didn't care. So, um you know, unfortunately, they're both not here anymore. Oh, but, um, you know, he, my, it kind of pains me that my granddad never got to see me make something of myself. I'd say, like, in my early, in my mid-20s, I was still floundering, you know, wasting potential, I guess. Still hadn't really found what I was meant to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2013. But my grand only passed away on Christmas Eve, which sucked. Um two 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 uh, over two years ago now so like she saw me interview some of the big stars like triple h and that, that was so cool like you know she hated triple h. um so like stuff like that was so great um but she didn't you know i would love to have seen her see get my radio show and stuff like that but unfortunately that that came a year after so but it makes me happy to think what I'm doing now is a direct influence of like both of them. And she was my, my biggest supporter, man. She was my favorite person in the world. So um, I, had, I had a complicated childhood, I would say, in the sense that it wasn't conventional. Yeah. I, I wasn't at home a lot. 
Um, and I would have obviously ideally had a stronger father presence, you know, still to this day, that's a bit meh. Um, but that makes me want to be motivated to be a great dad, right? I've got two little girls. Um, so I feel like it shapes you whichever way you want to take it. And uh, so I'm very grateful for what I had. Nice, nice. So um, so when did this this whole journalism or, or you know, what? when did this journey start for you? You know, what was it that... Was it just by fluke or was it something you thought, like you said, you know, this this is this is the job for me or the, the line of work I want to try and get in? Yeah, so I had I had a flair for writing anyway. Just I remember like a lot of teachers, I would write things and they'd be like, Did you write that? Because there would be big words in there just, you know, that I'd picked up. They were like, You really shouldn't know words like that. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, to elaborate a bit more on that, I didn't know what to do with anything. I thought I might be a PE teacher for a little bit. Okay. That was another one where I just thought, well, that'd be cool, I guess. Like, you know, you, you don't know, you don't think much beyond, oh, you know, they do PE. Um, and then I went to university. So I had a gap year and then I went to university because the first universities I enrolled in weren't the right courses for me. So I thought, actually, let's take a step back. Sports writing popped up. It was the first year they had it at Southampton Solon. I thought that sounds a bit more like me. Um, and, and at that time, I imagined writing about football. I didn't think even reporting or writing about wrestling was an avenue. Yeah. Right. Like in the UK, you know, you may know this, you know, we've got Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson in the U S but in the UK, who have we ever had? Mm. Like no one really doing it for us. So I was thinking about football first and foremost, I graduated from university languished for years because I didn't get the experience. I was too busy having fun. And then um, when I, Finally went back to college to get my NCTJ, which is like the qualification to work for newspapers. You get shorthand, you learn about law. Mm -hmm. I did that. And then the door started to open because I'd got experience while I was studying to do that. It was only like a 16 week intensive thing. Okay. But that's what was the gateway. And then from there, I got my first job at Give Me Sport and did really well um, as an NBA writer, funnily enough. Um, but eventually I moved my way onto football and but I kept doing right well with the wrestling stuff where they were just like, look, should we just make you the WWE guy? Yes, yes, you should. Um, and then TalkSport kind of came knocking. They were like, you know, we're looking to expand the website. Yeah. We see that you do multiple sports because obviously I do UFC and boxing as well. You know, how do you feel about coming to do that for us? Um, and obviously, you know, couldn't really couldn't really turn that down. So. In, term, in terms of like the wrestling aspect of journalism, it kind of just happened, man. Like I was writing a, about rumours and, you know, reviews and uh, all stuff like that that gets clicks. And then through the company and partners of WWE where, you know, like 2K Sports, for instance, mm -hmm. interviews would pop up. And I guess like they were just, they just did well. Like people started gravitating towards them. I've got more and more opportunities. And then I guess my style of interview is a bit investigative. Okay. It's probably, you know, like I want to know why, how, whose idea and you know, stuff that I guess not a lot of people were asking. And it's just led me, you know, and then obviously as you do it for years and years, you make contacts and you get to know people and um, it puts you in a position to report on things and, and have a perspective. So it, it's, it's timing, it's luck. It's, you know, I, I've been very lucky that, I've been put in the positions that I've been put in, but then through the hard work and, and, you know, basically being good at what I do, it's just worked out. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, 
you you know you might recall you know the chat we had the other day when I was saying kind of you know the whole NXT UK gig was a bit of a right place right time thing but at the same time yeah. I know it is partly because of the the work I put in and, and I would get myself out there whether it be on my social yes. media stuff and I've absolutely no doubt mate that you know that regardless of maybe a bit of luck and, and things like that it's, it's down to your hard work man that's at the end of the day nothing gets given to us does it so no you, you absolutely like you have to put yourself in the positions right and, and one of the things that I you know I go back it's wild to me now I'll go back to my university sometimes and give talks and I think what am I doing yeah but um it's it, I always say like <clears throat> sorry All right, say yes say yes right if I get an opportunity if someone says you want to do this do you want to do that it, it, unless like there is no redeeming quality to it. I will say yes, because uh, opportunities, you meet people, you know, you add to your body of work and like you're getting out there and those experiences, they're vital. Like some of the things I haven't had to write a CV in a long time now, mm. but some of the things, if I was to go back and write it now would be mental, you know, like, I don't know, interviewing Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor on Fight Island and mm. going to WrestleManias and sitting down with Triple H. It's just like stuff that once upon a time I could have dreamed of, but I always work hard to put myself in those positions so i feel like now as more opportunities come to me it's because i was um not bold enough but i was willing and i worked hard enough to walk through those first doors that more end up opening up for you yeah and i'm and like i'm also a big believer in like sort of the not the ripple effect i mean that does make sense but like you know like you say once one thing happens something else very often happens as well and then yeah. going and going and you know and um I mean that, that that no doubt is is something that that's happened for you with like like you say you you start with the the WWE stuff and then it moves on to UFC or a, a diff, you know different whether it's I don't know if it's is it different um, MMA organisations you've you've written about or for or is it just UFC? It's, it's mostly UFC. I mean Bellator obviously get a little bit of traction as well, yeah. but and then you know, the cage warrior. Okay, sorry. And then the boxing as well. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Cage Warriors in the UK as well, but, like, really, people only want to read about UFC. It's the same as, like, it's funny, because obviously I've got quite a big wrestling following on Twitter now, mm -hmm. but I don't, you know, say that much about New Japan or, yeah. you know, Mexican promotions. And, you know, sometimes you get the pure wrestling fans that are like, oh, you know, why don't you say about this or that? And it's like, well, if you look at it from my perspective of what I cover and who I do it for... WWE is the main audience. Yeah. It is. So, you know, that, that's what concentrates. Obviously, as a wrestling fan, I like all that stuff. But in terms of my coverage and, and what I focus on, it's always going to be WWE. Boxing's the same, right? You can think of the big names. You don't need me to spell it out. Yeah. Andy Joshua is always going to do well. Tyson Fury, like, my life has been incredibly busy with all the undisputed talk, and now it's not even happening. Um, so it's just... The, <clears throat> I've always loved combat sports anyway. So I, I always feel kind of blessed to be involved with that because going to those events um i just think it's amazing i actually did an instagram q a last night and someone asked me about interviewing yeah and i was just saying that football is it's not the same because all the all the players are so scared i feel like they are anyway yeah. to say the wrong thing mm -hmm. because they're they are so much more scrutinized than maybe any other sport especially here in the uk yeah it's hard to get a real interview out of people. You get, you know, the cliche answers, but for fighters or wrestlers, it's in their interest to be interesting because they're trying to sell you what they're doing. Um, and, and I find that much more rewarding.
Yeah, nice, nice. So that, that does, you know, I mean, like you said, you, you did the uh, Instagram stories poll last night, you know, the night before we were recording this, but but I've got to ask, you know, I mean, uh, I'm sure there is, but who, if you can name one, two, three or whatever, who are the people you've interviewed and you still sometimes think, shit, I have interviewed that guy or that girl, <laughs> of course, um, you know, yeah. can you name us a few and any particular reason why is it, you know, just because you're a fan or is it something that, you know, was it the experience of it itself? Yeah, so um, I remember for, for some reason at Fire Island, like, my heart was pounding before I interviewed Dana White. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I was just really nervous about it. Um, and, I, and I typically don't really get nervous of interviews. I get anxious because I want them to be good. So I overthink the questions and all of that stuff. But I don't kind of, you know, get actually jittery and nervous. But I did. Um, the Triple H one is where my career really started to take off. I think, you know, if it has taken off, but you know what I mean? The first time that people noticed me was that interview that like, it seemed that was like world news, the stuff he had said to me the next day. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was like, wow. Um, How long track- was this one out of interest, mate? So that was NXT UK Cardiff. Yeah. Um, it was the day of that. So I believe that was 2019, August 31st. Yeah. So I remember it was the same day. NXT UK and AW had a pay-per-view the same day. Okay. Um, so that was the first one where everyone started to kind of go, oh, wow. you know. And I remember like some wrestlers and um, like Sam Roberts, is it, who obviously works with WWE is like a, and he's a radio host. And mm-hmm. I remember he inboxed me being like, that's a really good interview. And I was like, wow, uh, you know, that's really nice that people would go out of their way to say things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Triple H is definitely, and he gave me a great interview, which is very helpful as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but there, there's a ton of guys who have given me great interviews, like Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles over the past few you know, months, Seth Rollins, Reigns, like pretty much anyone in WWE today who's a full-time star I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some like The Rock that I'd love to get hold of. But um, yeah, I, Floyd Mayweather, that was probably one of, that was one of my first big ones. And he hadn't fought Connor at this time. Oh, right. It was like 2017, I think before I was even at TalkSport. Okay. That was a big one. Um, Conor McGregor, like, was pretty surreal because he had just, like, got knocked out right? <laughs> by Dustin Poirier. So it was like, I'd always wanted to speak to him. But as you imagine talking to Conor McGregor, you know, the gregarious and, you know, personality-filled man that he is, Yeah, he was obviously very sombre and, and reeling, frankly. So I was just a bit like, wow, you know, he kind of changes the whole direction of what you're going to ask him and... Um, having the opportunity to speak to him so it wasn't what I thought it was but it was still great yeah um so I mean yeah AJ Fury the big names from all the sports I've done them all which is great um and AJ literally we're like the same age he literally lives at the town over from me so we know a lot of the same places of people okay very easy to like connect off and on camera with someone like that um so yeah man it's all I'm so I feel so lucky sometimes I, I keep meaning to make a collage of who I've interviewed for like yeah. like for like an office thing yeah but i don't have an office <laughs> so um, you mentioned obviously you've been to a couple of uh i don't know if it was one or two uh wrestlemania events so not that you've been over to the states then for the uh the big some of the big wwe events so um yeah once things are up and running again which from what i read a few days ago is it is it july the first events Yes, July 16th, I think. Any plans to get back over there, do you think? Or does that just all depend on being invited or...? Yeah, a bit of both, right? I mean, I I think... I mean, I'm obviously gagging 
to get over there. The last event I went to was the Royal Rumble where Edge returned. Yes. Uh, in 2020. That must have been. So you were in attendance when that. I was there. Oh, yeah. Man. Unbelievable. I got goosebumps watching that on YouTube. I put it on every now and then. Mental. I say this all the time and I get everyone's like, oh, stop boasting. I was there for Edge's return and I was there for when the Hardy Boys came back at WrestleMania oh, 33. Nice. Both, both of them were like unbelievable. You can't actually, like, you have to be there to appreciate yeah. the. You know, like the sound actually like goes through your body. It's that loud. You're like, wow. Um, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I would love to. I mean, SummerSlam is the hope. You know, I'm hearing it's Vegas, August 22nd, apparently. Don't know. You have WWE haven't confirmed this yet, but that's what we're hearing. Um, so, man, I'd love to get back out to Vegas. I haven't been there for a few years. And SummerSlam, it would just be perfect. Don't know. What WWE's thinking on that is right now. I am trying to gauge. I am prodding. Um, but like, you know, if they're up for it, and you know, I, I think Talksport would be we it depends as well. I think they they'll have partners like 2K and BT Sport who will want to be there and do stuff. So hopefully I've worked with both of those in the past and it's been great. I mate, the more the merrier. I want to get out to events again. I, I'd go to an event in my back garden if there was one, mate. Like there's I'm tagging. If I get to the O2, you know, apparently the UFC are going to be at the O2 apparently in August. Oh, nice. Uh, and hopefully WWE maybe in November can make it over as well. I, I would love it. I, I, I'm, I'm looking to go to everything I can, Dan. Everything. Yeah, me too, mate, to be honest with you. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, man. So, um, the... the so with what you're doing then, obviously that involves a lot of travel. And so I'm just interested, maybe be up for speaking briefly then with, you mentioned earlier, you've got two daughters. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So that traveling then, does that, do you find you have to, um, does that make life as a dad difficult for you for being away or is it, are they quite short periods you're away for? Um, or do the kids sort of, are they old enough to understand that you are gone, but you're going to be back soon or how's that, how's that work, mate? Yeah. So they're, they're five and three. Well, she's she's three at the end of June, so five and two. But um, it, it's a difficult one. Like when I travel, my my eldest now understands because she's in school. Like there is a world, yeah. <laughs> and that if I'm on a plane, that I'm not just like I can't just come home. Sometimes she used to be like that. Like you're gonna come home, and I'm like I really can't because I'd be in America or whatever. And um, so when I go away for the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam, it's like five days ish. Um, Fight Island, I was gone for like 16 days. Okay. So by the time I got back, I think they had done with me. <laughs> like, you know, you can FaceTime them and stuff, but they don't, you know, their, their interest is very low. They're like, oh, he's not here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it sucks for me. Uh, you know, they're so important to my whole way of life. You know, yeah. like they fuel everything without, you know, trying to be too cliche or dramatic. They really do. Yeah. So it's difficult being away from them. But at the same time, you know, these are experiences in life that don't come along all the time and you have to grab them. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's a balance. But ha having children in general, like, you know, you're a personal trainer. I, I hate the, like, the shape I'm in right now. But also in terms of the time and energy they take mm -hmm. to get fit and to, you know, to give yourself that me time to actually apply it spend time making your meals and things like that mm -hmm. it's, it's such a balance that i don't think until you're a dad you can actually understand how difficult it is to juggle 
career yourself children and and how that all prioritizes so it's uh it's a it's always an ongoing battle like when i was in fight island i was running 5k every day it was great (laughs) (laughs) well exactly right i'd I'd finish work per se at fight island i'd be like what now because you know what else you gonna do you're just in your hotel room um but yeah i i it sucks being away from them but then i guess the benefit of that in the pandemic I've had more of them than anyone could humanly handle. So uh, it all works itself out. I mean, like I said, the eldest is beginning to understand what I do. Like she, she realizes, like she hears me on the radio and stuff, and she's like, "Wow!" Like it's just in her little brain is turning. Like, "Wow, okay, he's uh, he has to go and do things." So um, it's part of it, right? Yeah, of course it is, mate. Absolutely. So then. Out of interest, I mean, I know you've said you mentioned The Rock, but is there anyone else you'd just you'd love to be able to to interview, or have you pretty much got everybody ticked off at the moment mm. from the sporting world, or not even necessarily from the sporting world, mate? Maybe the movies, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'd love just like a one-on-one sit down with The Rock. That is like the ultimate because mm. I don't feel like anyone's really dived into his wrestling career yet. Okay. Right, he does a lot of interviews, but I don't think many people have really gone like what happened here and what was the thinking here blah, blah blah I really feel like being the super fan that I am we could really do that yeah. um you know and again I've interviewed people before but it's only been like maybe a couple of questions or you know who I'd love to do like an hour podcast of course with Randy Orton Edge Undertaker I've spoken to them all but maybe not at the length that I'd like yeah. I've never had Cena that'd be a good one mm-hmm. um he's a fascinating character in many ways uh, particularly at the moment. Yeah. Um, maker. <laughs> maker in the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, Vince McMahon is, is another one that's the ultimate, but it's just not going to happen, is it? So, um, I think, <laughs> as, as ludicrous as it sounds to say, like, my realistic pick, but it's plausible The Rock, like, could happen. At some stage, man, um, you're in the right. You're moving in the right circles. Let's put it that way. Surely, yeah. I do think he'll return to WWE at one point and face yeah. Reigns. So, as and when that happens, I'll be knocking on the door hard. <laughs> right, mate. Dead right. So, before we finish up, mate, we're almost almost at the end now. Um, I do like to ask all the the, the guys oh, no. asked to uh, drop us an embarrassing story of any any sort you want. And to be totally honest with you, mate, there's pretty much no holds barred here. You know. It doesn't matter how embarrassing it is. Last week, I don't know if you, you've probably not listened to it, but last week I had Sam Gradwell. You'll know Sam. I do know uh, Sam. Okay, and he's involved. Um, he was out with his little lad, uh, picking his little lad up from nursery, and he was desperate for the loo and had to go down a back alley. No toilets available anywhere. Obviously not for a pee. Um, <laughs> and he had no, <laughs> absolutely no option. And it was a, uh, his way of telling it is way better than mine. Let's put it that way, because he's, as you know, he's a character as it is anyway, and he's a, he's a funny guy. So, uh, but yeah, listen, I think we've had, out of the probably 20 or 30 odd shows we've done, I bet a good 10 of them have involved somebody shitting themselves or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a quick story on Sam, very quick one. Um, yeah, I had an idea for doing like, you know, like the undefeated, do a first person, like it's almost like a column, right? You know, where sports stars just do their own personal thoughts on something. I had an idea of doing something similar for TalkSport and Sam was actually the first guy that we had. And he gave me such a great story from um, his time 
wrestling overseas and it's never seen the light of day yet. Wow. I mean, I'm, I still, I still might release it, but because we wanted, to, we wanted to like stack them up and you know it just never happened. But um, he's he was so good at it anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. For me, this is. This is more about like <laughs> making me sound like a shite journo. But no. <laughs> um, my first, very first interview opportunity was back in 2016. And it was with a WNBA player. Never forget her now. I couldn't name you another one. But, well, I probably could because I play NBA 2K a couple. But Alison Feaster was her name. Mm-hmm. Had never heard of her before this at all. Um, and everyone was like, but Give Me Sport, who I worked for at the time, had an NBA partnership. So we were like the official UK outlet for the NBA. They would send us stuff like this. So I remember I had to go to Hackney, this school in Hackney, which I was like terrified. Um, like I, Just because I just didn't know the area. And I was just like, oh my God, like what am I doing? Uh, where am I even going? Yeah. And there was this big like basketball camp and she was there. Uh, and I went there and like, you know, you have to learn some harsh lessons. I I interviewed her. So I, I pulled her out of the gym. I think I, I just recorded it on my phone. Just just straight up voice note. Yeah. Easy. I came away. I thought, oh, okay. I thanked her for her time. I, re- I played it. Did nothing. I was like, what, oh, no. what the hell's happened? Like, what, what the hell's happened here? Um, and it turned out that my headphones, they were like the Bluetooth connective ones. Oh. I've done this. So when, I, so when I've gone to play press record, it just has, it's just gone through a different, oh, it was just awful, right? So I had to go back and say to her, oh, like, I'm really sorry. Like, this is like a good 10, 15 minute chat. But I was like, I was really sorry. Like, can we do that again? And she was like, yeah, yeah, all right. And she was really nice, right? She was really nice. She, she could have been like, nah, mate, get out of it. Um, but she came out again, did the interview again, and it didn't record again. <laughs> I don't know what happened again. I was just like, well, no, it didn't record again. Oh, and I was like, now, now that I think about it, and I mean this with the greatest respect to the WNBA and everything, like no one would have really cared if I'd come back that day to the office and said, I didn't get it, right? Like, no, I don't think anyone would have really given that much. A- apart from the NBA might have been annoyed. But other than that, you know, it's not as if there was a massive clamouring for the interview. Um so I had to go. <laughs> I went to her again. I can't believe I have the audacity to do this now. And I was like, look, it didn't record. Uh, and she straight away, like, she like cut me off and she was like, I am not doing it again. And I was like, all right, well, can I email you what I think you said? This is, this is how terrible it is. Um, and you can then send back to me what you actually want to say. Yeah. And we'll go from there. And she said, yes. So um, I was an absolute clown. I've learned so many mistakes on that first day. But that was my first ever interview. And I'd been saying to give me sport, get me out there. You know, let me do some interviews. And I was so, like, embarrassed. I remember going home that day saying to my missus, like, I'm a fucking joke. Like, what am I doing? I can't even, like, do a simple interview. Um, And I I could not have messed it up anymore. Like, it was so embarrassing. Uh, and I was just so ashamed to have to like walk back in there again and be like, retired. Yeah. So <laughs> man, it was, it was a very, very humbling <laughs> experience. But um, now before I do anything, man, I am prepped. You best believe. So 
lessons learned that's and all it. that. Lesson learned, isn't it, mate? That's all. That's that's what matters. <laughs> right, mate. So we're going to wrap that up there. Um, thank you very much for coming on. But before we do head off, mate, can you uh, let anyone who's listening know where they can catch up with you on social media, your actual show, give whatever you want to give a plug. Um, go for it, man. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Alex M underscore Talksport. That's where you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is like the main one where a lot of people follow me for kind of wrestling news and interviews. Uh, on YouTube, you'll find my interviews at Inside the Ropes. Mm-hmm. You'll also find my weekly YouTube show on wrestling. Uh, sorry, it's Wrestling Daily on Wrestle Talk. That's Tuesdays to Fridays, 8 till 9 UK time. And of course, my baby, the radio show, is on Mondays on TalkSport 2, 7 till 9. That is Talk Wrestling. So in short, you can find me everywhere. Yeah, if people want to find you, they will find you. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, man. Right, cheers for your time again, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, Thank you, Dan. Thanks for the invite, my man. My pleasure, mate. Take it easy, brother. Thank you, mate.